What's happening, y'all? Welcome inside the Fantasy Stock Exchange. Bush coming at you solo today to break down running backs that you should not be drafting early on in your drafts and instead running backs that you should be drafting. So in today's video, we're going to be discussing three different archetypes of running backs early in drafts, what their hit rates are, and historically, which running back archetype is the most successful at giving us those boom league winning type of performances, which ones get injured more, which ones bust more, which ones had higher floors. And the reason I decided to venture into this exercise is because I find the running back landscape, unlike any other year, to be very, very fascinating this year because we have this dichotomy of young breakout candidate running backs versus the sturdy veteran running backs that have done it already. So before we dive into the data here, make sure if you guys enjoy this video at any point to leave a like, subscribe to the channel if you are new. We got everything that you will need to hoist the hardware here at FSE and comment any of your thoughts down below as well. Even if you have nothing to comment, just comment down below that you enjoyed the video or any feedback that you have. Boost us in the algorithm and we really appreciate it this time of year because this is the time of year where we're able to uh, you know, grow at a high rate. So we really appreciate any of you guys leaving comments and likes and subscribing. So before we get into it, as always, got to hit the intro. All right, so as I mentioned in the intro, today we're going to classify three different types of running backs and determine which archetype we want to be targeting and which ones that we want to be avoiding early on in drafts. So what I've done here is broken down the top 20 running backs in ADP since the year 2015 and labeled each running back one of three different archetypes. First, we have your trusty veterans. And my definition for this archetype is any running back that is in year six or later of their NFL career or any running back that is 26 years old or older. Plenty of the running backs fit this description this year, like Dalvin Cook, like Ezekiel Elliott, like Alvin Kamara, like Austin Eckler, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb. All those running backs are either in year six of their career or they're 26 years old or older, or some of them fit into both of those categories. So uh, next we have the classic breakout candidates, right? Because running back is such an in-demand position for fantasy football, usually we have young running backs getting pushed up the board based on projection. They haven't done it yet. The definition I chose formally for this archetype is running backs that are in year three or earlier of their NFL career without an RB1 finish under their belt in PPR points per game. So this year we have guys like Javante Williams, we have Cam Akers, we have Travis Etienne, we have Brees Hall, etc. And then the other thing with breakout candidates that I wanted to account for was multi-time breakout candidates. So for example, in the data that I looked at, Dalvin Cook would have been considered a breakout candidate for multiple years because his rookie season, he was a breakout candidate going in the top 20 of ADP, but he tore his ACL. Year two, he was a breakout candidate, but he missed a bunch of games with injury. So year three, he was still a breakout candidate in year three or earlier of his career because he hadn't finished as an RB1 yet, but we had this you know, feeling we were still drafting him highly in 2019, even though he hadn't done it yet. And then he finally smashed. So finally, we have the final archetype, which is basically neither of the first two. And what I labeled this archetype was running backs in their prime. So this could mean a running back in years four or five of their career. So they're not in that year three or earlier window. They're not in that year six or later window. This could also mean any running back under year six and under age 26 who is already finished as an RB1. For example, Saquon Barkley, Ezekiel Elliott, and Jonathan Taylor all finished as RB1s in points per game in their rookie season. So even as 22-year-olds, they were already in their prime. They were not breakout candidates anymore because they had already done it. They had already broken out. So those are the three archetypes that we're talking about in today's video. I can't show you year over year every single 
data point that I have because it's just way too many screenshots because it's a sample size of 140 running backs over seven years. But this is what one year looked like. Just to give you an idea of this, uh, yellow was considered breakout candidates, blue trusty veterans, and green was running backs in their prime. So this was last year's ADP because Jonathan Taylor was an RB1 his rookie year. He was already in his prime, not considered a breakout candidate, as I mentioned. So you can see last year, we had a bunch of trusty veterans going at the top of the draft. We had Christian McCaffrey as a running back in his prime going at the top. We had breakout candidates like Najee Harris, Antonio Gibson, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and DeAndre Swift. But this is what uh, basically the data spit out. This is what mattered. Here's what the numbers told us. And I have a bunch of hit rates and you know percentages that we're going to break down in this part of the video. If you guys want to skip ahead at any point to just see what I'm talking about for this year, you can go ahead and do that. But this is what, what I would consider really, really important for strategy and drafting this year. So as I said in the intro, I wanted to attack this from every angle. I didn't want to just see you know, what running backs uh, were hitting at a higher rate or which running backs were busting at a higher rate. I wanted to see from every angle what we could break down from this data. So which archetype was best for getting league winners? Which archetype was best for avoiding injury? Which archetype was best for not drafting a bust, just drafting a safe floor, etc.? So let's start with what I considered the hit rate. And how I defined what the hit rate was, was the percentage of running backs that were returning on ADP. And the stipulation that I have here is that if they were drafted in the top five overall picks, it's very hard for them to return on ADP if you're drafted RB2 overall. For example, it's a lot harder to return on ADP than somebody drafted RB11 overall. So if they were drafted in the top five overall picks, all they had to do was finish top five at running back. They didn't necessarily have to, you know, if they were drafted RB2, finish RB1 to return on ADP and considered a hit. So uh, David Johnson, for example, was drafted RB1 in 2016, but finished RB2 in points per game. I didn't want to ding him. He obviously still hit. So if they were drafted top five, they just needed to finish top five. But everywhere else, they needed to return in ADP. So as we can see, the highest hit rate was breakout candidates. I think the reason for this is because of something that we talk about all the time on this channel. It's the uncertainty factor. Most of these guys have good, clean projections if you project that they're going to get more volume or whatever the case is. But due to uncertainty avoidance and people needing to see it first before they actually want to draft the guy, they slide down in ADP. And we saw this play out last year with a guy like DeAndre Swift. He returned RB9 in points per game after being drafted as the RB19 because a lot of people were concerned about his workload with Jamal Williams there, and they were concerned about him playing for a bad team, which made him a great value and a guy that we definitely hit on over here at, S uh, at FSE. So running backs in their prime also had a very strong hit rate as well, which should be no surprise because as you saw from this past year, guys like Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon returned on ADP as running backs in their prime. And the lowest hit rate was actually the trusty veterans. These guys are often billed as safe players because we know what they can do. A lot of people will say the common industry jargon of, I don't win my fantasy draft in the early rounds, but you sure can lose it. But oftentimes people are hesitant and find it difficult to outline the bus scenario for these guys because they've been so successful for so long. The usual suspect of why these guys bust is things like age, touch workload catching up with them, and therefore they become inefficient or they get injured as a result of those factors as well. Because these guys are not the spring chickens that they once were, the running back position is very demanding in the NFL and it takes a toll on these guys' bodies. So last year, injury and inefficiency played out for guys like Derrick Henry, it played out for guys like Ezekiel Elliott, and it played out for guys like Dalvin Cook where they did not pay off from where you drafted them. They lost ADP from where they were drafted. So um, the next category was running backs who got injured, right? Injury is a big part of the running back position. It's something that we always are cognizant of in fantasy in general, but especially at running backs. And this should make a ton of sense. It should just be common knowledge. But 
older running backs got injured at a higher rate than breakout candidates because breakout candidates are generally younger running backs because they're in year three or earlier of their career. So they're usually 21, 22, 23, 24 years old. And then running backs in their prime uh, also got injured at a less rate than the trusty veterans. And the way I defined getting injured was missing six or more games. So a lot of running backs could just get injured and miss only two games, but trusty veterans were missing six or more games nearly 21% of the time. And on top of them being injured more often, 21% compared to 12% and 15% for the other two categories, they also missed more games on average, about one and a half more games per season than the young running backs in the NFL. On average, they missed nearly four games versus nearly uh, two and a half games for breakout candidates. We know that young feet in the NFL are likely to stay out there for more games. We know this because it holds true in the numbers and because we just know that young running backs typically stay healthier than older running backs. Now let's move on to the next category, which was the boom rate, right? How often were these guys giving us a top five season or beating their ADP by 10 or more spots? So a top five season could be, you know, you were drafted last year as like the RB11, like Jonathan Taylor, and you finished RB1 overall. That is, you know, a boom season. Also, DeAndre Swift drafted RB19, finishes the RB9 in points per game. That was also classified as a boom season. So I wanted to account for guys that also just, you know, hit a top five ceiling and guys that just destroyed their ADP as well. We want those legendary seasons. We want those huge boom performances. And I talked about who I think those guys can be from a micro level on the who is the next league winning running back video, if you guys want to check that out. But we get confirmation here that breakout candidates and running backs in their prime are the archetypes that you want to go after, right? You guys can see there, 24.39% breakout candidates were hitting a top five season or beating their ADP by 10 uh, on average. And then running backs in their prime 25% of the time as well. The number to take away here is that trusty veterans only boomed 14.58% of the time. So you're getting an inherently low ceiling when you draft trusty veterans. And as you guys know about me, I won't draft a running back unless they have a high ceiling because running backs get injured at a high rate. We already know this as I've kind of talked about in numerous videos. So if you don't have that high ceiling, I'm not drafting you. And finally, I'll group these last two categories together because I want to save some time. But also, I didn't want the category to just be running backs who busted, running backs who lost ADP because... I think you guys are probably aware that there's degrees in which a running back can bust. For example, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire in 2020 busted severely, right? He was drafted RB6 and he finished RB21 in points per game. That's a huge bust. He lost 15 spots of ADP versus Josh Jacobs in 2020, who was drafted RB8 and finished RB13. So he was fine, but he wasn't a huge you know, value or anything. He busted still, but he wasn't necessarily a guy that killed you like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire did. So I labeled bust as 10 or more ADP slots and players who were fine as one to nine ADP slots, aka they didn't kill you. They lost one to nine spots of ADP if they were drafted RB11, they finished RB18, etc. So it shouldn't be a shock that breakout candidates busted at the highest rate because we had guys like, you know, Carry on Johnson and Miles Sanders and Sony Michelle, Alex Collins, Royce Freeman, guys that were in year three or younger of their career that probably just weren't that good of players. And they flamed out this number severely and they busted at nearly a 25% rate. But I think the key factor here is deciphering which running backs are actually good. And running backs that are actually good will take that step forward and typically hit on their ADP and, and provide us those boom performances like Swift and Jonathan Taylor and some of those guys that did last year. But ADP is usually a good indicator to follow because uh, we want to avoid young running backs that are going in the running back dead zone because usually those guys are elevated on volume like Elijah Mitchell this year, for example, not necessarily how good of players they are. So if they're going typically um, close to the dead zone, 
then you don't really want to bet on breakout candidates in that area as opposed to running backs that are going earlier in the draft because we usually assume that those running backs are better players. And the running backs in their prime were definitely the best combination of ceiling and floor. But pay attention to where those guys were being drafted as well because just because you have a running back in their prime doesn't mean they're a good pick necessarily because a lot of dead zone running backs are running backs in their prime because one of the definitions is that they're in year four or five of their career and they've never had an RB1 season or they've never been an elite league winning running back. So the first overall pick, Todd Gurley, for example, in 2018, was a running back in his prime. But also guys like David Montgomery and Josh Jacobs this year are considered running backs in their prime. So definitely paying attention to where they're being drafted is a key distinction for running backs in their prime as well. And then finally, we have a win for trusty veterans here. They busted hard at the second lowest rate, but it was substantially it wasn't substantially lower than breakout candidates, right? You guys can see there they busted uh, at a pretty low rate, 20 percent but only 4% lower than breakout candidates. I think a lot of people would consider, you know, trusty veterans as guys that are bust proof or guys that aren't going to bust very hard, but it actually wasn't a huge, um, you know, it was just a marginal difference between their bust rate at a high rate versus the bust rate of uh, breakout candidates. And the real factor that they actually took home was the fine rate. Basically they busted at one to nine spots of ADP 31.25% of the time you were getting guys that did not kill you. And that's the draw of drastic uh, drafting trusty veterans, which I don't understand for some people. Um, they really, you know, value that they're like, Oh, I think at worst I'm getting, you know, the RB 20 in points per game. I don't know about you, but in my fantasy league, I'd rather go down swinging than looking. If I was, you know, picturing a baseball at bat, I would rather swing and miss on a huge potential league winner like Javante Williams or maybe Antonio Gibson last year than go down looking and come in sixth place because I drafted Nick Chubb. My payout structure is that you get all the money in first place or you get most of the money in first place, as is most people in their fantasy league. And if you're playing in a huge tournament on underdog, for example, then it's even more so elevated to that point. If you ain't first, you're last. So the reason I don't understand why people draft trusty veterans to the point that, oh, well, he's not going to kill me, it, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Yeah, you can fill out that production maybe with the rest of your team and your wide receiver core and a good quarterback and a tight end, but there's no real reason to do that because you, if you hit on an early pick, then you can minimize the amount of other picks that you need to hit on, and you might just need to hit on a couple picks here and there throughout your entire draft Then say, be perfect after your first two round picks because you drafted a bunch of middling RB1s or you know middling RB2s. So real quick before we get out of here, I'm going to basically outline which archetypes fit the description for this year's crop of running backs. So if you guys skipped ahead to this part and you just wanted to see the end portion, um, this is what this year's running backs look like in terms of ADP. You can see we have two running backs in their prime at the top of the draft board, which are generally good investments when they're going that high, Jonathan Taylor and Christian McCaffrey. We have a, another uh, group of running backs in their prime, Najee Harris, Joe Mixon, Saquon Barkley, and DeAndre Swift going there. And then we have trusty veterans sp uh, sprinkled in and out with Eckler, Henry, and Cook going pretty high. Aaron Jones, Alvin Kamara, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, James Conner, and Ezekiel Elliott going from rounds two to three. And then a couple breakout candidates sprinkled here and there as well. This year is chocked full of trusty veterans, especially in the early rounds. And as we know, they're more likely to get injured. They're less likely to boom. And they're more likely to just be fine than anything else. My strategy at running back has basically been to go young or to just go wide receiver. So my biggest targets have been the top two studs, Christian McCaffrey and um, Jonathan Taylor, or to go Najee Harris, Barkley, Swift, Javante Williams, who are either running backs in their prime already or young breakout candidate type of running backs. And then in the mid rounds, if I'm going to deviate in the dead zone, it's going to be for guys like Cam Akers, Travis Etienne, J.K. Dobbins, or Brees Hall, who are all breakout candidate running backs. And I mentioned 
earlier that typically dead zone breakout candidates are not good investments. But this year, we have a specialized circumstance that has only happened one other time where these dead zone breakout candidate running backs are coming off of major injuries, hence why they're going down there. The only other time that that happened was Dalvin Cook in 2018 when he was coming off of an ACL tear. And that year, Dalvin Cook fit into the fine category because he was drafted RB11 and he finished RB18. But it's still fascinating to me knowing the tantalizing upside we get with Travis Etienne, with Cam Akers, with J.K. Dobbins, and Brees Hall. It's really just a matter of health with those guys and then workload for Brees Hall. As of right now, Cam Akers and Etienne are the two guys that I'm most in on. I'm still cautiously optimistic on J.K. Dobbins pending what he does in preseason games, which he didn't actually play in last night, but we'll have to see what happens going forward. So basically, that is how I'm breaking down the ADP. I'm looking at these positional archetypes. I'm looking at which guys are, are better investments based on the hit rates, based on the data. And for those of you guys that maybe think this was a waste of time, I'm telling you, studying history is the best indicator of future success. So knowing what it took to get to these, you know, elite league winning ceilings and, you know, who we're avoiding injury from and who busted at the highest rate is very, very essential to breaking down this year's crop of running backs and ensuring that you make the right decisions early on in your drafts. And the running back position is the highest risk reward position in fantasy football. And a lot of people know that, which is why they take them early. So if you guys enjoyed this video, as I mentioned, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel if you are new, if you want access to this data, it is available on Patreon, which is linked down below in the description, patreon.com forward slash fantasy stock exchange. There's tons of spreadsheet goodness over there from this to uh, strength of schedule to contextualized game logs to 2023 prospect databases for those of you guys that are playing dynasty weekly finishes from last year, league winner stuff, first dibs on dynasty decisions, our full rankings manifestos for dynasty for redraft. You get bucketed rankings for dynasty. You get, you know, overall rankings for redraft. All that stuff is included in those rankings manifestos and Patreon only live streams coming during the season as well. So if that interests you, check it out down below. We also have you know, promo code FSE over at Underdog Fantasy. If you guys want to get a ton of practice for your home leagues, Underdog Fantasy is the best place that you should be drafting right now. Drafting on Underdog Fantasy to prepare for your home league that you care the most about is like training with Muhammad Ali to fight a schoolyard bully. You will be overprepared if you draft on Underdog Fantasy. And right now you can use promo code FSE at sign up and first deposit to get 100% back on whatever you put in. So if you put in 10 bucks, you'll have $20 on the site to play with, get some puppy drafts in. And as a thank you for using our promo code, You'll get our redraft rankings and our dynasty rankings manifestos totally for free as a thank you for doing that. So you get a ton of practice for your home leagues. You get 100% back from Underdog Fantasy. You'll get our redraft and our dynasty rankings manifestos for free. You will not find a better deal than that on the internet anywhere. So with that being said, peace out. I'll talk to you soon.